more dramatic collateral problems again today. We keep getting closer and closer and closer to that dreaded moment. Now, curve inversions, at least in the mainstream sense, where we're supposed to think about everything in the context of central bank and central bank policies, those inversions had meant, had forecasted and predicted a series of events, a set of circumstances that would force central bankers out of their inflation-fighting Phillips curve expectations nonsense, make them face up to a very different reality, and then reverse course from hiking rates aggressively because they were worried inflation expectations were becoming entrenched to, holy crap, there's other stuff going on in the banking system and the real economy that is nothing like what we thought it was going to be. According to the Wall Street Journal just this morning, that moment for the, central, for the Federal Reserve Central Bank was maybe close to being last month at their March 2023 FOMC meeting. Here's what the Wall Street Journal said. Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell and his colleagues faced their closest call on interest rates in years. It wasn't until the clock was ticking down two days before their scheduled decision last month that senior leaders settled on a plan to lift them by a quarter percentage point. They continued, Jerome Powell and other officials waited and watched the fallout from SVB, Swiss bank crisis, finally deciding the financial system was stable enough to raise rates. No, that's not what happened. They looked at SVB, they looked at the financial turmoil and banking difficulties, realized how this was global, not local, not national, not regional, and decided if we don't hike rates, that might send the wrong signals. Because what we do here at the Federal Reserve isn't actual currency elasticity or money, we do psychology. And so filtering everything through the lens of psychology, Fed officials, you can, I mean, you almost guarantee what they were talking about was if we don't hike rates, that will likely send the wrong message to the marketplace, which was right then experiencing massive turmoil. It still is, by the way. And if they, if they didn't, if they said, you know, we're really worried about SVB and the fallout from this, they think that that might have contributed more to the financial turmoil at the time. Because in the modern sense of what these central bankers have become, the, the last thing you ever want to do is make a bad situation worse by confirming that it's a bad situation. So you always say in public, things are stable, the situation is just fine, we've got it all under control. So in the context of March, in the context of central bank policies, while they probably should have and probably would have liked to have paused at that moment, they realized the situation in their own terms called for them to continue on. Uh, hey, the inflation is still the biggest risk. Let's continue hiking rates. The economy's just fine. The situation is stable. And what better way in their minds to reinforce that notion of a stable situation than to just continue on with business as usual? Because their policies don't actually matter all that much. Now, is the situation stable? Is the financial monetary system actually resilient? Well, continuing operation, continuing results in everything like collateral and treasury bills suggests not even close. We got another collateral indication today. Plus, we already have other central banks who are in the pause mode, as well as 
more open and honest about why they're actually pausing. And it's all the stuff that you imagined, all the stuff that the markets have been pricing with their inversions from the very beginning. So we've got central bank pauses, we've got collateral problems, all of that next. But first, I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. I do appreciate it. If you're interested, Eurodollar University has research subscriptions, a daily briefing, daily deep dive analysis, all the stuff that we talk about on the show going even further beyond what we present here, what we're able to present here into the nitty gritty details and all of the background history, the implications, all that stuff. We've got Eurodollar University memberships available too. Check out those and the research subscriptions at our website, eurodollar.university. So Jay Powell said, the economy, the financial system, the overall situation was fine and stable. Therefore, we're gonna to continue to hike rates as if inflation and inflation expectations are our greatest danger. When everything that's happened since early March onward has shown not even close. Today we had more four week bill, four or four and eight week bill auctions, the usual Thursday auctions. And for the fourth auction in a row, the eight week bill auction low yield was zero. And for the third time out of the last four auction, uh, four auctions, the four week bill auction produced a low yield of also zero. Not only did we have those, we had another scramble for collateral, boarding on a collateral run this morning. The four-week treasury bill yield, as has been recent pattern, started to fall rather precipitously into the US day session rather than the regular scramble for collateral that we did see again in the three-month bill, which happens in the pre-dawn hours, the, the um, overseas sessions the let's unwind everything from yesterday and get forward get ready for today window that happened yesterday there was a little bit of it on monday it continues to take place t-bill rates t-bill yields are well below the rrp and now they're falling again they're down precipitously the last couple days so in terms of collateral which is enormously important to all the global financial system and probably so that Swiss bank too, and maybe even SVB, we'll find out at some point, the story will come out, but collateral for the systemic function is enormously important. So if we're still seeing these types of collateral irregularities, contrary to what Jay Powell at least said to the Wall Street Journal, or the sources that are driving this Wall Street Journal story, the situation is not stable, but again, that was not the Federal Reserve's actual premise here. That was not their purpose. They thought they had to raise rates again because not doing so would have signaled to the marketplace that even there, even the Federal Reserve officials are worried about the situation. They're so worried they've reversed course, which is the same position that other central banks around the world have already gotten into, gotten themselves into. There's actually been three of those so far. Uh, one of those just today, or at least was announced today after a three-day meeting of its policy-making body, the Reserve Bank of India. What the Reserve Bank of India said was, first of all, we're not going to hike our repo benchmark rate anymore because, well, here's the statement from Governor Sri Shaktikante Das. 
The year 2023 began on a promising note as supply conditions were improving, economic activity remained resilient, financial markets exuded greater optimism, not sure what you're talking about there, and central banks were steering their economies towards a soft landing. That was the Goldilocks message that most central bankers and economists, and of course, therefore, the financial media parroting all of those, that was the message that they sent us to the public. Everything was fine. 2022 represented nothing more than a minor slowdown on the way from a red-hot, unstable economy, slow down, and then we'd have a much more lower growth, but more stable, less inflation-y economy. That was the idea. Soft landing, they would get us there. In just a few weeks during March, this narrative has undergone a dramatic shift because it was only a narrative. The global economy is now witnessing a renewed phase of turbulence with fresh headwinds from the banking sector turmoil in some advanced economies. Bank failures and contagion risk have brought financial stability issues to the forefront. This despite the fact that the Reserve Bank of India, uh, Governor Das, all admitted they still believe the biggest problem threatening India, and indeed the rest of the world, is inflation. So we have this economic, financial, banking turmoil that could possibly cause some problems. And the central bank in India says, we're going to wait to see what happens before we get back to what we think will be our primary mission of inflation fighting, being trying to be Paul Volcker, at least li living, up to the, living up to the idea of Paul Volcker, the myth. Um, the Monetary Policy Committee statement was a little more typical central bankish. Global economic activity remains resilient amidst the persistence of inflation at elevated levels, turmoil in the banking system in some advanced economies, tight financial conditions, and lingering geopolitical hostilities. Recent financial stability concerns have triggered risk aversion, flights to safety, and heightened financial market volatility. Weakening external demand, spillovers from the banking crisis in some advanced economies, volatile capital flows, oh boy, and debt distress in certain vulnerable economies weigh on growth prospects. So again, the economy's just fine, more likely to be risking inflation, but this other stuff seems a little bit too important to just ignore any longer. We ignored it last year, thought about a soft landing, but the soft landing narrative has been kind of erased by these other events in March, which, again, as I said in the beginning, markets had told you all along that was the likely possibility. This was, this is not a surprise. This is not a new development, but central bankers have to make it seem like it's a new development because all this time they've been saying soft landing, soft landing, soft landing, no more than a minor slowdown, never mind any of that turbulence last year in September and October. Reserve Bank of India, of course, is the third that has hit its monetary policy, non-money monetary policy pause. The first was actually our friends to the north up there in Canada, including Mike from Canada. The Bank of Canada back on March 8th, the day before we started into this mess, said, so even before we got to Silicon Valley Bank and Credit Suisse, the Bank of Canada was, hey, maybe we need to pause here. Here's their statement from March 8th. Global economic developments have evolved broadly in line with the, with the outlook in the January monetary policy report. Global growth continues to slow and inflation, while still high, is coming down due primarily to lower energy prices. 
In the United States and Europe, near-term outlooks for growth and inflation are both somewhat higher than expected in January. In particular, labor markets remain tight and elevated core inflation is persisting. Growth in China is rebounding in the first quarter. Despite that rather rosy assessment of the situation, therefore outlook, they decided they were gonna pause their interest rate heights anyway. What do you think their outlook is gonna be at their next meeting? It's not gonna be so rosy. Like the Reserve Bank of India, the Bank of Canada is going to have to admit something changed in the global narrative of a soft landing. That soft landing didn't change. That was never really a possibility. It's that central bankers are finally awakening to the idea, to the, to the reality that the soft landing wasn't on the table at any time. So March 8th, the Bank of Canada was already saying maybe we need to get there. Then everything happened in March. Banking turmoil, flights to safety, volatility, capital flows, all the stuff that the Reserve Bank of India talked about. That happened afterwards. So what is, what is the Bank of Canada's next decision going to look like? They're going to go back to inflation fighting, think like the Fed, everything's fine, the situation's stable. Don't think that's likely. And of course, markets are betting on the opposite. The third central bank, or actually the second central bank in the series, the one before India, was the Reserve Bank of Australia. The Reserve Bank of Australia said pretty much the same thing, because why, why would it be any different? The outlook for the global economy remains subdued, with below average growth expected this year and next. The recent banking system problems in the United States and Switzerland have resulted in volatility in financial markets and a reassessment of the outlook for global interest rates. So there's not a reassessment and outlook just among policymakers. Again, they're coming to terms with what markets have been pricing all along. These problems are also expected to lead to tighter financial conditions. You better believe that, which would be an additional headwind for the global economy. But still, despite that, the, the, the Governor Lowe from the Reserve Bank of Australia still, like all the other ones, there's, hey, it's still about inflation for us. We're just starting to realize that there's other stuff maybe we need to pause and reassess. But in Australia, they said the board's priority is to return inflation to target. High inflation makes life difficult for people and damages the functioning of the economy. And if high inflation were to become entrenched in people's expectations, there's the nonsense. It would be very costly to reduce later, involving even higher interest rates and a larger rise in unemployment. The board is seeking to return inflation, blah, 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 blah. Soft landing remains. Here's a, the path to achieving a soft landing remains a narrow one. Again, markets say there was no path. It's not narrow. It's not even a possibility. And as these developments continue to unfold, you central bankers are going to realize this nonsense about inflation expectations was misplaced. You're gonna to have to come to terms with everything that's actually going to happen and start reversing course. That's why in curves have been so inverted, that central bankers have been chasing this inf inflation expectation stuff while all the while under the surface, under the radar, at least under central bank radar, radars, this Financial turmoil, economic slowdown, recession probabilities, no soft landing. That's what was going to have to, that was what was going to happen to force central bankers out of their funk. But the consequences of that stuff, the consequences of all everything that happened in March, we haven't seen those yet. At least it hasn't come up in all of the data. 
It's starting to come up in some of the data, but because these central bankers claim to be data dependent, they have to see it in the financial statistics and accounts before they'll react to it because they don't actually do money. If they did money, they would look at these financial curves and have they would have acted very differently over the last <laughs> several decades, but at least the last couple years. So they're waiting for absolute perfect obvious confirmation that everything that they're just now starting to fear will actually happen when the markets have been looking ahead all this time and saying yep we expected this yep we expected this yep we expect more of this as we're seeing in collateral now one u.s uh economic statistic that came out today jobless claims one that we've been watching for a while because it had ticked up in the middle of last year, but then curiously kind of went flat and sideways this year, even though more and more companies in the U.S. have been and around the world, rest of the world for that matter, have been announcing layoffs and job cuts. Well, the Department of Labor looked at its seasonal adjustments and completely rewrote the jobless claims over the last couple of years. And now what they look like is kind of what you would expect for an economy that is already heading into recession, if not in one already. So last year, they, er they erased that, so the rise in jobless claims in the middle part of the year, got rid of that, and basically said jobless claims were flat, and then began to tick up in, this, in the early part of this year, which was coincident to another shift in the curves, which suggested that conditions were worsening all along. The Department of Labor also revised the continuing claims, which may be the more important one, which as you can see, um, continuing claims like initial claims had plateaued in the previous series. Now we see continuing claims to uh, are steadily rising over the last several months, which is again consistent to a labor market that is in transition. Transition from expansion, which ended a long time ago, back probably last March, if not June at the latest, as markets had priced, moved into that transition phase throughout the second half of last year, and maybe began into the first part of recession, maybe as early as November and December, maybe the early part of this year, we don't know for sure, but it doesn't really matter. Because the curves are saying, this isn't really about central banks either. It's about the real economic probabilities, the real economic conditions as they are, which were always moving in this direction. And of course, as I say, and I'll continue to say, the 2008 style scenario is the two parts, the bad economy and the bad money, an unstable monetary system and a recessionary economy. Those two things collide. That's what the markets are telling you. And the day when the dreaded moment when central bankers finally realize and throw in the towel that this is not just a possibility, we're actually living through it, that's the dreaded moment because it's, it's, it's when finally the last holdouts are unable to say inflation, expectations, Phillips curve, they have to, they're forced to confront a very different reality, which that's the one the markets have been they've been moving us toward they've been telling us we're going toward that and that central banks are going to follow markets which these central bank pauses all tell us we're into that window already so i'm jeff this is Eurodollar university thank you very much for joining me as always huge thank you Eurodollar university members as well as Eurodollar university and markets insider pro research subscribers until next time, take care.